Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 24th of August. There is some good news this morning on the COVID front, with the Doherty Institute releasing a statement overnight saying Australia can safely reopen once we hit the right vaccination rates. As debate rages between state and territory leaders on zero COVID, the key organisation behind the federal government's plan to manage the pandemic says once we hit 70% vaccine coverage of the adult population, half lockdowns can end. The Institute says we have to learn to live with COVID, but some health measures will have to remain in place to ensure infections and deaths remain as low as possible. Here is Professor Sharon Lewin from the Doherty Institute speaking with Channel 7. We can't live with zero COVID. We'll be living with COVID, but it will be manageable once we have 70 to 80% of people vaccinated. That's a position backed by the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison urging the states and territories to do everything possible to follow the national plan out of the COVID crisis. We have to deal with it. Otherwise, we stay in the cave forever. We have to break this cycle. Cases will not be the issue once we get above 70%. Dealing with serious illness, hospitalisation, ICU capabilities, our ability to respond in those circumstances, that will be our goal. But many epidemiologists say children need to be part of the vaccination target, urging the federal government to ensure they're also protected before we reopen. Here's infectious diseases expert Raina McIntyre. We've got a really contagious virus. If you've vaccinated all the adults, then all of the disease will shift to the kids and it'll be a pandemic of children. We don't know what long COVID will do to our children. You know, they've got their whole lives ahead of them. Do we really want to expose them to this infection? Meantime, in Victoria, health authorities say children are their main focus as the Delta variant continues to grip the state. There were 71 new cases detected yesterday, 22 are a mystery, and it's understood some people diagnosed were asymptomatic. Nearly a quarter of total cases in Victoria are children under 10, with 100 aged between 10 and 19. To New South Wales, where the state yesterday recorded another three deaths and 818 new COVID cases. But in good news, the state now has some of the highest vaccination rates in the world, with more than 5.9 million vaccines now administered across New South Wales. The state is now set to hit its August goal of 6 million jabs a week ahead of schedule. But New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian is remaining tight-lipped on what restrictions will be eased next month. Well, I'd always promised our citizens that during September there'd be one extra thing they can do so long as we hit the 6 million jabs by the end of August. So there'll be at least one extra thing our citizens can do uh, uh, next month in September. That audio thanks to the ABC. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and we return to New South Wales where the lockdown is set to continue for regional areas as COVID cases continue to increase. 24 new infections were recorded in the central and far west of the state yesterday with the outbreak spreading to see new cases across a number of other towns. As Cherie Coleman reports, while vaccination rates are increasing, health authorities are still very concerned. 
Yes, they are, Tash. The chief executive of Western New South Wales Health says that while testing rates have risen, they still aren't high enough, especially around Orange Bathurst and Parks, where we've seen a smattering of new cases in recent days. Scott McLaughlin also saying there's still too much movement across the region. While there's no talk of tighter restrictions for the moment, things could change quickly. Deputy Premier John Barillaro, though, is aiming to give the region a longer-term outlook when it comes to lockdown instead of announcements week by week. If we do go for a further extension, if it's 14 days, if it's 28 days, if it's till the end of end of September, we need to be upfront about it because businesses can prepare, communities can prepare, and, of course, we can make adjustments to support packages. In the meantime, the Narromine Hospital is this week being converted to care solely for COVID patients, while there are also changes at Dubbo Hospital to care for children with COVID or children who are close contacts of a positive case. Two Victoria and two Melbourne children have been found safe and well after allegedly being kidnapped in a terrifying home invasion. Police will allege the five-year-old girl and three-year-old boy were kidnapped just before 9am yesterday morning from their family home at Blackburn after a man allegedly entered the property and tied up their mother. As James Lake reports from Melbourne, investigations are continuing. Thankfully, Tash, the children were located just after seven last night at an address in the suburb of Mitcham, not too far away from where the ordeal started. Four people were taken into custody, three men and a woman who have spent the night being questioned. The children were returned to their parents safe and well, as far as we've been told. Police say the family wasn't known to them, while they still scratch to find a motive. Now, for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. Some new numbers out today showing exactly how much money we may need to have a comfortable retirement. Yeah, they're out today by the Australian Superannuation Funds of Australia, and it confirms, I suspect, what a lot of retirees already know, retirement isn't cheap. So what they're saying, a couple aged around 65, if they want that comfortable retirement, they now need to spend $63,352 per year. A single needs $44,818. Now, they're both up by about 0.8%. And the pressure points for retirees right now, it's the ongoing increased costs in medical expenses, including the private health insurance. And, of course, we've also seen strong price increases in petrol, furniture and some appliances as well. To generate this income, you still need savings of around 640000 for a couple and five hundred and forty-five if you're single. Now, if you are a little way off these numbers, it's important to compare how your fund is performing with its peers. And remember, focus on the net benefits. What's your return minus the fees and taxes? And of course, next week, Tash, we'll see the release of the first Your Future, Your Super Performance benchmarks for My Super Funds. So you'll be able to go on the ATO website, go to the Super Comparison Tool and see which funds have or haven't passed the performance test. So they'll get a mark. Now, it's important to check where yours is. And I suspect if it's underperforming, you'll want a good answer as to why they are. Yeah, good point. Now, Effie, there's some great deals out there at the moment regarding lenders' mortgage insurance, but it's important to always check the details with this. Yeah, Tash, there is. I'm surprised at just how much competition is in this space. So typically, if you want to buy a house, you need to put in a 20% deposit. Now, of course, if you've got your you know, eyes set on a home, but you don't have that full 20%, you can still apply for a loan but you've got to pay lenders mortgage insurance. And this isn't cheap. Let's say you've got your eye on a $700,000 home. You've only got a 5% deposit. It could set you back as much as 30000 
Now, there are definitely merits in having a solid deposit, but in the rising property market, a lot of people want to jump in sooner rather than later, and this is where lenders come in. They are actually making it easier for home buyers to get in by discounting this insurance. So, for example, ANZ is one lender that's offering mortgage insurance discounts or exemptions to doctors, accountants, lawyers. Others like St George are charging just $1 for first-home buyers with deposits of just 15%. Now, as you say, the devil's in the detail. It's important to understand a couple of things. First of all, this insurance protects the lender, not you, even though you're paying for it. Secondly, these special deals should not sway you from the product itself. Does it stack up? What's the interest you're paying? And finally, understand lenders' mortgage insurance may lock you in with your lender. Until you get that 20% equity in your home, you won't be able to refinance your loan without having to pay mortgage lenders' insurance again because it's not portable. So take that into consideration. Effie, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. It hasn't been a great day for the NRL off the field. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. Let's start with Sharks veteran Josh Dugan. He's been charged with breaking COVID rules, stopped by police more than 100 k's from his home during Sydney's lockdown. He was in Lithgow. Curtis Scott is weighing up an unfair dismissal claim after Canberra tore up his contract following a recent assault charge. Adam Elliott's future is also up in the air after he was kicked out of a Gold Coast restaurant. He was with NRL W star Millie Boyle at the time. They're friends from a long time ago. League legend Mark Guy says that's not the first incident the Bulldogs forward has been caught up in. Yeah, I think alcohol and Adam at the moment, especially when you're playing footy, buddy, they don't mix. So watch this space with Adam Elliott in terms of his contract there at Canterbury. Now, NRL expansion took another step forward with the three shortlisted Brisbane bids meeting with league officials yesterday. The Jets, Firehawks and the Redcliffe Dolphins all pitched to become the NRL's 17th licence. But ARL Commissioner Kate Jones says broadcasters and other clubs will be consulted before a call is made. We will only make this decision if we know that it's in the best interest of the game and growing the game into the future. And that decision, Tash, is expected in October. And Brett, the All-Australian squad has been named with the Demons rewarded for their stellar season. How good are the Ds? Yes, of course, got the minor premiership first in 57 years thanks to an after-the-siren shot on goal from their inspirational skipper, Max Gorn. He's one of seven players in the 40-man squad. So they name a 40-man squad, then they pair it back and they decide the 22 players who get that blazer. Bailey Fritch is one of 21 players in line for his first. And we've got Christian Petrarca, Clayton Oliver, some of the other Ds in that squad. The Lions are the next best with five players, including Daniel Rich and Jared Lyons. Uh, Three clubs have been snubbed. That includes reigning premier Richmond, so Jack Rebolt third in the Coleman medal, but uh, he is not in the squad this year. The Kangaroos and Magpies. Now, the big story yesterday, of course, at Carlton, we're expecting them to make a call on their coach, David Teague. They decided not to. They won't be bowing to external pressure, according to the club. He arrived yesterday, and he has the awkward task of having to go through exit meetings with his players. Uh, Eddie Betts, of course, retired over the weekend, and he says that Teague deserves more clarity regarding his future. I think he does. I believe he's the right man for the job, but it's whether the, the club does. And not the only club looking for a coach. Of course, the Magpies doing that as well. They're expected to talk with Alistair Clarkson's management this week. There is one candidate out of the running. That's Don Pike, the former Crows coach and current Swans assistant, says he won't apply due to family reasons. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. 
And Australia's first ever wheelchair duo will carry the flag in tonight's opening ceremony for the Paralympic Games in Tokyo. Riley Batts and Danny DeToro will do the honours with the whole of Australia behind them. The Australian Institute of Sports' Alex Newton says it's a very exciting time. A lot of them have been able to harness uh, some of the challenges that they've had and really focus on the Paralympic Games. It's just really great that they're actually opening And we wish the Aussies all the very best. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.